1: Hey, it's Matea, reminding you that this show cannot be made without you. If you've been thinking about becoming a Canadaland supporter, we're having a pretty great sale right now. You'll get premium ad-free feeds of all Canadaland shows, discounts on merch from our store, and exclusive bonus episodes, like a behind-the-scenes tour of the federal budget lockup, more of Boris Johnson's trip to Canada, and of course, more of us yapping about what's hot in politics right now. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canadaland supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special offer for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. Just go to canadaland.com slash join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today.
2: This episode is brought to you by Highway of Tears by Jessica McDermott. This book is an in-depth, intimate story of the lives of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and their families. And it really involves their families. It's not just one reporter digging through old cases. There's a significant amount of reporting in here about how the police investigated these cases, and McDermott managed to get in-depth interviews with the investigating officers themselves, which is something that's so rarely done. Highway of Tears is available now wherever books are sold. From Canada Land, this is Oppo. Ah! I'm Justin in Montreal at the Liberal, let's call it a victory party, where everyone looks kind of like they lost even though they won. It looks like the Liberals will be forming the next government, but though it's going to definitely be a minority. The Liberal Party has pulled off uh, a win that I don't think anybody saw coming, 150 some seats. It's been going up and down for a while now, we're getting close to midnight, it doesn't look like they're going to get close to majority territory, but this is a a pretty comfortable minority. They're going to have to rely on support from either the NDP or the bloc, or potentially some some combination of some Conservatives, the Greens and Independent, in order to govern. And there's really no telling exactly how that's going to work. They've absolutely taken the momentum out of the NDP. The NDP looks like they're going to manage just a measly 24, 25 seats. The Greens didn't do well as expected. The Block didn't do as well as expected. The Conservatives did just all right. But basically, it looks like you can start calling him Teflon Trudeau because nothing sticks to this guy, not a blackface scandal, not SNC-Lavalin, not virtually anything. Justin Trudeau has done an amazingly good job at keeping his support together from Atlanta, Canada to Quebec, where he did uh, shockingly well in the face of a Bloc Quebecois surge. He kept... All of his seats in downtown Toronto, which is absolutely mystifying. He did surprisingly well in the GTA, much better than anybody expected. He did well in British Columbia. Really, across the country, it just looked like people stuck with him at the last possible moment. There were a couple of big surprises. Both the deputy leaders of the Liberal and Conservative Party lost their seats. Lisa Rate in Milton and Ralph Goodale in Regina, wascana Both lost by pretty significant margins against star candidates. As of right now, it looks like Jody Wilson-Raybould is going to keep her seat. Jane Philpott doesn't look like she's going to keep hers. Basically, these results are an absolute dog's breakfast. Anybody telling you that there's a clear message coming from these is completely talking out of their ass. This is just a mess across the board. The only real thing you can draw from this is that the Liberals are very, very fucking resilient. The Liberals did better than anybody expected them to do, and when Justin Trudeau took that stage, you could tell, even though the audience wasn't quite as enthused as I think you may have seen them in 2015, um, he was absolutely lit up. Um, He looked absolutely stoked to be up there. And austerity and they voted in favor of a progressive agenda and strong action on climate change. Andrew Scheer, when he took the stage in Regina, you know, threatened to put the Liberal government on notice, but it's sort of unclear how he intends to do that, given that you know, with the other parties, the Liberals are going to be able to govern. And Mr. Trudeau, when your government falls, conservatives will be ready and we will win he did not get close enough to even make a shot at forming government and you know there's obviously going to be a lot of long knives out for Andrew Shear in the coming days. He sidelined Doug Ford and he ended up winning virtually no seats in the GTA despite a big promise to do so. Shear definitely tried to spin the results as he got on stage tonight but uh, it's it's really hard to take that seriously and if he manages to stay on as leader for the next 6 months I think everyone's going to be surprised. We're going to make sure that the energy that we built over this campaign, the excitement
1: that we built, and the focus that we put on people, on people's struggles continues, and so that we can play a constructive and positive role in the new parliament that Canadians have chosen.
2: When JB took the stage in Burnaby South, he immediately said that he was going to meet with his caucus to figure out what next steps are, which kind of indicates that he's going to be sticking around for a while. What exactly he's going to be looking for from the federal government is unclear. He's been kind of coy about whether or not he'd try to form a coalition government or not, so it's really up in the air as to whether or not he's going to seek an actual agreement from the Liberal Party and whether or not the Liberal Party actually wants to sign anything. There's really no telling who exactly is going to prop up the Liberal government. Neither the Bloc nor the NDP did quite as well as expected. The Conservatives were strong-ish, and the Greens didn't do quite as well as everyone hoped. Okay, we need to take just a quick break, but we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new book, Highway of Tears, by Jessica McDermott. For decades, Indigenous women and girls have gone missing or been found murdered along an isolated stretch of highway in northwestern British Columbia. The highway is what's known as the Highway of Tears, and it's come to symbolize a national crisis. Journalist Jessica McDermott meticulously investigates the devastating effects these tragedies have had on the families of the victims and their communities, and how systemic racism and indifference has created a climate where Indigenous women and girls are over-policed yet underprotected. Through interviews with those closest to the victims, their mothers and fathers, their siblings and their friends, McDermott provides an intimate first-hand account of their loss and their unflagging fight for justice. Examining the historically fraught social and cultural tensions between settlers and Indigenous peoples in the region, McDermott links these cases to others across Canada, now estimated to be up to 4,000, contextualizing them within a broader examination of the undervaluing of Indigenous lives in the country. Highway of Tears by Jessica McDermott is available now. The book involves the families. It's not just a reporter digging through crime cases, but an in-depth, intimate story about the lives of the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls and their families. There's quite a bit of reporting about how the police investigated these cases, and in-depth interviews with the investigating officers themselves, which is something that is so rarely covered. Highway of Tears is available now wherever books are sold. So as the results kept rolling in, Cabinet Ministers Melanie Joly and Pablo Rodriguez stopped to chat with reporters and play up uh, the results they got.
0: Well, I think it's a victory, and we ought to celebrate.
2: How tough is it going to be going forward, though, in a minority position?
0: Well, we'll be learning how uh, to, to govern uh, along with uh, the opposition. And at the same time, we'll be focusing on the priorities of Canadians.
1: Pretty brutal campaign uh, as well. You guys came in on sunny ways and, uh this was not a sunny campaign
0: it it was a a demanding uh, campaign and uh, unfortunately many of of, well I would say some of the politicians uh, that were running were trying to run to uh, build political capital uh, based on fear and division and that doesn't work and that's what Canadians told them tonight
2: but isn't that kind of what you did? I mean, you you ran a campaign saying that if the other guy gets elected, everything's going to go backwards. I mean, your slogan was literally forward. Uh, to some degree, didn't you both run a similar campaign?
0: Absolutely not. Uh, we have a lot of respect to. Uh, we have a lot of respect towards people, and when we're in politics, we respect people, but we can you know contest or attack their ideas. We never go ahead and attack. Persons, because this is not what democracy is about. And in this country, uh, while there are so many different realities, it is our moral obligation to keep social cohesion and keep people uh, trusting our democracy.
2: Speaking of cohesion, if you had to pick between working with the NDP and working with the bloc, which would you pick?
0: Tonight we're celebrating, tomorrow we're rolling up our sleeves and working for Canadians. Thank you, Thank you. very
3: much. Thank you. Do you expect cooperation from the NDP? Uh, well, I expect cooperation for, from everybody. I mean, we're not going to get the support for, from everybody on everything, but uh, again, this is my fourth minority parliament, and, and I've seen it work before. When, when there, you know, when there's goodwill, we can find ways to, ne- to negotiate, sit down, and, and move forward things that we haven't come in. Coming.
2: You said you worked in minority parliaments before, but it hasn't always... Fourth one out of five. Yeah, and they haven't always been great. I mean, I don't mean to disparage... I mean, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of brinksmanship. It's, it's a lot of vote for my budget or go back to the polls. It's, you know, without some sort of confidence yeah, supply have... agreement or without some sort of coalition, do you think it can work or is there going to be a lot of brinksmanship?
3: No, at the end of the day... You're looking for common ground. I mean, the other parties, they want us to move forward with, with, with stuff for the population. I mean, we're our MPs. We're all elected for our people. We are elected to make a difference for future generations. So I think we can all be reasonable and find common grounds on a lot of things.
2: Do you think that should look like a formal deal, or is it going to be no, ad hoc?
3: No, no, no. I, I think we can, we can move forward with, with our agenda and and try to get the support of of one party or the other on, on specific ideas
2: does that mean giving the block whatever i mean the block has already said they want internet for, you know high speed internet for rural quebec is that on the table that was in our program well, then there you go programs. you already won their vote
3: there, there, there you go you have won so will you bend on other things to make Quebec happy? It's not about bending. It's never about bending. it is. No, it's not about bending. It's about getting agreements on specific stuff. And you've seen it. You were there. I met you when we were in a minority government. I was in a minority government in 2004, 2006, 2008, and now 2019. So I've seen it work. It can work. But it takes a lot of goodwill. When that goodwill is there, we do it for Keynes and we move forward.
2: I managed to speak with Liberal MP Mark Miller, who just won a comfortable re-election in his downtown Montreal riding, who seemed to think that, yeah, there is some punishment happening here in these results, but they're going to be able to work with other parties to govern. Uh, Mark Miller, you were just re-elected Member of Parliament. Uh, How stoked are you right now?
1: Oh, look, I'm, I'm psyched. I'm... Deep, you're in my riding, Justin, and so I'm glad to you have know, you here. And you can deport me from it at a, nice any nice moment, I've heard. Unfortunately, I don't have that power. <laughs> if I would, I might the, uh, use it. Uh, but confusion. look, I'm, I'm glad to, to be re can uh, 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 I spent my day, this is the easiest day uh, in my last four so years. I, I've spent the last two months working this riding really hard, pushing a very progressive platform, and Canadians have responded. You see the numbers coming up. Overwhelmingly, there's a vote for progressive politics, and that makes me happy. Okay, so it looks like you're not going to get to majority.
2: Ralph Goodale is announcing that he's lost his seat behind us. It's a real mixed bag of results here. People don't seem to know what they want. I mean, what do you take away from these results? Well, look,
1: uh, there's a few themes coming out of this. Ralph, first of all, has been an amazing colleague. I mean, he's the last true finance minister to balance the budget. Uh, uh, he has done an incredible service to Canadians, and we, we need to be, uh, we need to be extremely, extremely,
0: extremely, extremely grateful
1: for the work he's done for all Canadians of all political stripes, politics is unforgiving. And Ralph has served Canada faithfully through so many prime ministers. And, and it From makes me, frankly, it makes me sad. It makes me sad for uh, the human being. But he, he that, got into uh, this and he, know exa- he knew exactly uh, what he was getting into and he knew it every single election. So tonight so you see themes coming out. You do see people uh, rejecting the divisiveness that we saw and some of the nasty politics uh, that we saw in the campaign. To, uh, and we do see other voices within Parliament. And uh, there's some, definitely some work uh, to be done to in how in how we run things. And I will wait for the results to come in and I'll—you know we'll all take a look at them. I um, we, are, we do not have the monopoly of, on political thought in this country. As the Liberal Party, we are expression of the people that vote for us. So too with Conservatives. You know, there is a there is a room in this country for a Conservative voice. I don't believe it's embodied in the current Conservative Party, but there is certainly a voice for that, and we need to take stock of that as well. There's obviously a heavy push from the ground that didn't exist four years ago. Uh, conscious about the environment, that this really is
2: the last generation that can do something about it. That's why we've had such an ambitious platforms. Generally speaking, I mean, look at the polls. People don't love Justin Trudeau. His number, is his personal approval ratings have absolutely tanked. Did you do better this election because of him or worse? And at, at a certain point, do you have to start reckoning with the fact that People seem kind of frustrated with him as in, in, in the top job, even if they voted for a liberal government
3: tonight. We we,
1: uh, we certainly are the party of Justin Trudeau. Absolutely no question about that. Uh, what he's done to, to reform this party and uh, and rebuild the party uh, from a party that didn't want him uh, it takes incredible metal. Takes incredible hard work. The journalists that followed him in the last three days were utterly exhausted. So no one should question his love for the country. He's not a perfect individual. Never has been. Uh, perhaps our honeymoon was too long. We had a, we had probably the longest honeymoon in Canadian history, fueled by a number of factors, uh, and, and maybe that was undeserved. Uh, so, you know, people people will look at the Prime Minister with scrutiny, and so they should. They're sophisticated consumers of, of politics. Um, I'm confident in, in our Prime Minister's ability to rebound, uh, but certainly he isn't unanimous a lo- across the country. People need to take a close look at who he is and what he represents for this country, uh, and not just you know some of the flashy stuff you see. I mean, he he recognizes the, the fact that he he has made mistakes, and those mistakes have been quite obvious. But he's also apologized for that, and that's that's the characteristic of of, of, of human beings that. Uh, decide to move on and, and reconcile with their actions. So uh, I'm very proud of him as a friend, but also as his colleague in
2: Parliament. Yeah, you've known him for, for, for many, many years. You went to school together, um, right? Yeah. 35 years. Yeah, okay. You've known him for 35 years. So you've known him for a good long while. Um, do you think Evidently, he's going to have to work with some other parties in Parliament. Do you think he's capable of actually um, working with the NDP, the Bloc, the Greens, the Conservatives uh, in order to actually keep governing? Or are we going to be heading back to an election within uh, six months to a year, two years or what? On any given day, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is a
1: very competitive man. It's gotten to to where he is uh, in face of a number of of, of elements of adversity. Uh, He's a man that is born of privilege, but he has also been fighting against the specter and ghost of his father that has been so well documented. Uh, but he is a guy that is able to, in this era of social media and constant uh, pecking that you see on, on on Twitter, for example, he is someone that is incredibly resilient and able to ignore that and uh, and get through that. He is able to work with someone. He is very cooperative. He's, he's operated under an open tent policy. It doesn't mean uh, mistakes happen, and and, 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 and uh, you know to predict to predict right now would be unfair to the, the ballots that are still being being counted, but um, I think he's absolutely able to work across party lines, uh, regardless. you know, almost regardless of, uh, of, 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 of the parties, but more the policies.
2: So, I mean, again, looking at the results behind us, it looks tentatively like either the Bloc or the NDP would be enough to get into majority territory to help you govern. You're an, uh, a Quebec MP. Are you more comfortable working with the Bloc or working with the NDP? I'm
1: comfortable working with anyone that shares my policies. So we have a lot of people within my party that have Different views. Uh, I've reconciled them at times. Um, you know, it, 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 I'm not going to speculate because those numbers are coming in. No, come on, speculate a little bit. Speculate a little bit. On. There's there's a lot of progressive parties there. Uh, there's a lot of progressive parties, and like I said, particularly on the environment, uh, whether it has to be a line item basis, it'll be a line item basis. But Canadians don't want to go back into an election should things not go
2: the way that I want them to go. Thanks, Mark. I Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. Congrats. Hey,
1: how are you? How are you?
2: So after hearing from both Justin Trudeau and Andrew Scheer, you know, there's no clear sign of what happens tomorrow. Andrew Scheer is not resigning. Jagmeet Singh is sticking around. Uh, It looks like we're going into a parliament that's going to keep relitigating this election into the foreseeable future. Um, The liberals that I spoke to here tonight don't seem to be super keen on the idea of forming any kind of formal agreement or a confidence and supply agreement or a coalition with any of the other parties i mean that might change in the coming days but as of right now it looks like we're going into another minority parliament where everything's going to be decided on an ad hoc vote by vote basis so that's definitely something to look forward to And that's it for Oppo this week. You can let us know what you think by emailing us at oppo at candlelandshow.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at OppoCast. This episode was produced by Laura Howells. Our managing editor is Kevin Sexton and the theme music is by Nathan Burley. I have the last word this week and that word is over.